Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. You know, one of the things that I love about the ADHD women I've met along the, my journey is how incredibly creative they are. Now, I'm not saying we're all Picassos. No, not at all. But I am saying that we tend to be out of the box thinkers, which I love. We see things from a different perspective than most. We're problem solvers, and rightly so. Many of us have had to use our creativity to live in a world that was designed for neurotypical people. Now, during this episode, Robin Buchanan and I have a really fun conversation about what creativity is and why the ADHD divergent brain is so good at it. We talk about out-of-the-box creative ways of thinking and problem solving. We talk about creativity and how it's so much more than the visual and performing arts. And we talk about how we can start using our ADHD brains more creatively we also talk about Robin's hilarious YouTube channel um, at Minimalist Home, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Robin Buchanan is a mom, wife, nurse, YouTube creator, and life and focus coach. Robin, her husband, and two-thirds of her teen boys all have ADHD, which is a unique experience unto itself. <laughs> Despite being the person who tries to keep it all together, she was diagnosed in her 40s. She loves harnessing her ADHD for creativity, but finds it's a lot of work each day to keep herself on track. Yet she manages to run her business and household with not too many balls dropped. She lives in Vancouver Island in Canada, where she loves hiking and gardening. Now, before we dig in, I wanted to be sure that you've downloaded the free ADHD support guide I created for you. Honestly, it might be a good idea to have your guide handy each week while you listen to the podcast, because it's often so full of tips, tools, and practices to support you on your ADHD journey. If you haven't already, download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports, or find the link in the show notes and enjoy this fun interview with Robin. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Robin, and welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here and to have this conversation today. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. I'm so honored to be here. Well, good, good. Now, this is my favorite part of um, of the interview, but can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing right now? Yes. So when I was a kid, it's funny because I, you know, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s where if you, first of all, girls didn't get diagnosed with ADHD and, and it was boys and they had to be really bad to get diagnosed with ADHD. Right. Um, and so for me, I was always like the chatty kid. I was always told, you know, like, stop talking, stop talking. One teacher screamed at me, if you don't stop talking, I'll rip your face off, which, you know. Nice. Very nice. Not, not appropriate. So, <laughs> but you know, it, it I skated through school, you know, like it was C's, maybe B's. Like I did not try because um, 
I don't think I ever watched like paid attention in a whole lesson. That's sort of my real struggle. Right. Um, is that inattention? But also I was I was like a hyperactive child. I remember people would, you know, be like, oh, you know, she's 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 a lot, right? And so it it was a bit of a struggle growing up, but and I I never felt smart and I always felt like I was annoying. Um, even in friendships, I had a couple of really good friendships throughout high school, but other than that, it was, you know, very like hit and miss, um, come and go. Right. And then I started, it's funny because I started a job as a 911 police dispatcher, which, you know, is a very, it's a perfect job for somebody with ADHD because right. it's just, yeah, yeah, like there's just so much going on. And I, and I was like 21. So my brain was just like, so like I could just keep keep everything going. And it was so fun and it was exciting and it was good. And then but then I married a wonderful man who has ADHD mm-hmm. and we had two kids. And at that point, I wasn't working because we had to travel for his work. And, you know, it was okay because it was just me at home with the two kids. Uh, I wouldn't say our house was like always clean. I loved cooking. And so like my focus was the cooking. And then I had my third child and that just threw everything into a total tizzy. Mm. And I remember I made an appointment with my doctor and I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I can't remember anything. And she, she had three kids as well. And she said, Oh, you just have three kids. That's all it is. It's fine. So I was like, okay. Like I thought, oh my gosh, like am I getting dementia at the age of like 30? Right. Yeah. So, but then actually I went to nursing school and I was able to keep my things very organized for school. I did very well. It was so funny because when I, I, I did go to college when I was like 18 and I failed uh, 75% of my courses, mm-hmm. but yet I got like amazing <laughs> grades because, you know, when I was in my thirties, I was very focused. I had, you know, three kids at home. I had to like keep that yet. The house was a complete disaster. Everything was, um, you know, disorganized. It felt like I felt like a bad mom. I had poor patients a lot of the time, like trying to get my schoolwork done and and the distraction. I remember finally saying like, I'm just not going to even try to do anything while the kids mm-hmm. are up because I like, I, it just makes me so cranky as a parent. And then I just felt really bad about myself. So when I graduated nursing school, I went to work where, but the emergency department, because of again, it's, it's that like <laughs> fast paced place. Right. And, and I loved it. Like I, I got that, you know, the adrenaline hit and my brain, you know, could, could keep up, but it, again, you know, home, home was a disaster and I would come home and it would be cluttered and I would just be super stressed. And, you know, finally I actually ended up going like full on minimalism which made a really big difference for me. Right. And so I started a, I actually had started a YouTube channel on gardening, but I found that because it was started to become my work, it sort of took away from the play mm, of right. the garden. So I switched that to minimalism, which has been a wonderful journey. And then I started to recognize that you know, when things would be going really well in the business, my house would fail. And here I have like this oh, right. YouTube channel. Yeah. And I'm like feeling like a fraud, feeling like a fake. And it was like, no matter what, nothing was going well. And then the pandemic came mm, and right. of course the kids are home. Now, <clears throat> 
two thirds of my kids have ADHD. I have right. three boys. So it's my husband, me, and there's one one person at our house who doesn't have ADHD. Sometimes he's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, and so well, I have stories to tell. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And and so I, it was just like, talk about feeling bad about yourself because I'm trying to like run my YouTube channel. I'm also a nurse. I was actually doing a lot of testing for COVID and then eventually it was like vaccinating, things like that. But I was very, um, it, it, it was like, I felt like I was doing nothing well, nothing yeah. well. Like the house was falling apart. I was one of the few people working like during the pandemic. And, and so you had like a lot of kids homeschooling and their parents were home. Well, I not only wasn't home all the time, and I was only working part-time, but it literally felt like I was working full-time, but also I had ADHD kids I'm trying to educate at home. Oh, and right. finally I was like, this is brutal. So when we sent them back, I, I called my doctor again because I had been doing more and more research and started making some content on my channel about ADHD for women because I just started being like, I, I feel like I might have it, but also I just have a heart for women going mm -hmm. through this. And so right. I called her again and she's a lovely doctor. Um, but she said, oh, really? Like, because so many people are wanting to be diagnosed right now. Right, right. And she's like, is this something you're going to want to be medicated for? And I was like, well, maybe, but at the same time, I have created uh, a life and an environment where I work very few hours as a nurse now, and, and I can really support my brain because of the environment I've structured. So I was like, I don't know, sometimes because I had done a week long online training course for coaching and I, I, I it was so hard to pay attention. Like it was right. almost impossible. And, and she, she said that, and, and, and I said like, and I'll, I'll be honest, I did because there are so many ADHD meds in my house. I took a tiny little half dose of a short acting and it was like, like the heavens opened and I could like mm. pay attention this one day. And so I right. was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, I know the right way to go about things. So I'll talk to my doctor. And she right. just was like, is this something you want medication for? And I said, like, sometimes she's like, well, that's not really how it works. And I'm like, well, you don't really know what you're talking about because right. I live in a house full of ADHD and there, you know, I know it's definitely possible to be like, hey, I'm going to a conference. I'm going to take a short acting so that I can like focus on this because I'm out of my environment that supports me. So anyway, I had to go to another clinician to get diagnosed. But needless to say, it's just been a a wonderful thing. You know, like a lot of us feel like, oh, wow, finally, like I finally get myself. Like I've heard right. you in the past say about friendships, like for me. Oh, the friendships. Yeah. Yes. Like there have been times where like I have one friend who just, we were great friends. And then, you know, I had my first baby. She wanted to visit me. And I said like, no, I'm overwhelmed. And that was like it. And I just was like, ah, oh, like I can't, it's just yes like friendships are a real real challenge for those yeah. of us like I, I go through it's just funny like you go you could really like break your life up in stages of who your friends were at that time because you just never had the same friends right right right, right. Yeah. yeah yeah the friendship part is is tough it's um and it's sad yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like what is wrong with me Right. So you have been, you've been roundabout. And so then you were able to get support. You were able to get diagnosed and, and you have, you, you, I think that's the thing, you know, um, 
I was just thinking about this before we um, got on the call, but um, but I hear people say, and I have a, one friend in particular who says, you know, well, my son has ADHD, but we're not going to do anything about it. Or yes, you know, we're not going to get him diagnosed. We're not going to tell the school because we don't want him to be labeled. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about kids. I'm talking about all of us. Mm -hmm. I do not see it as a label. I see it mm -hmm. as an understanding as information. And then I get to do whatever I want to with it. Right. Well, yeah. It's funny because like so many of us, I don't know about you, but like, I, you know, Myers-Briggs, all, you know, some people do like human design, all of these things. Like we want to understand ourselves. Why is it ADHD can't just be looked at as a different type of brain? Like right. there's either neurotypical or ADHD, or, you know, if you want to be like neurotypical ADHD, autism spectrum, like it's, it feels like, I think like in a hundred years, it'll just be so different because I I, I see so many amazing things about my ADHD and my husband's ADHD. Like our, right. our house is a really fun house. Like yeah. we have a great time. We laugh a lot. It's hilarious how often I, I, I have said, I, I don't lose things as much as like my husband, for example. Like right. I have probably spent like out of our 18 year marriage, I'd say two full solid years looking for his keys. <laughs> keys wallet glasses yeah and that's just it so for me it's my glasses and my airpods and and I'm, right. it's just like ah so yeah i i it's i it's funny because i don't see it as the something that should be stigmatized as well it's something right. that needs adaptations like so many other things in life right and a lot of things don't even you know other things don't necessarily need to be looked at as disabilities this one doesn't in a lot of cases, in the majority of cases, it doesn't. It just needs adaptations, and it and it shouldn't be stigmatized. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And there are that. When I finally decided to just accept the diagnosis, because I was diagnosed twenty years ago, but I was like, "Zip, okay, all right, got it. I'm fine. I'm all good. I've managed this far, right?" And then I had kids and then I had, you know, but then the pandemic and all the things. But um, but the when I finally accepted and started getting into these communities and hearing other women with ADHD, it was like, oh, my God, my life makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's like all of these things like the friendships. Mm -hmm. like the feeling socially awkward, like the, you know, the, the, I, I explained, I, I explained myself as being, um, an extroverted introvert. I, I'm a speaker, right? I love to be on stage. I love to, I love this podcast. I love talking to people. I love, I can be, I can be the life of the party if I want to, but I also need to pull back. Right. So I need, I need to, I enter, get energized by, um, by taking care of myself, but I, but I love to be out, you know, and th that kind of helped me uh, kind of uh, allowing and accepting the ADHD diagnosis to help me to understand that, oh, okay, it's an energy thing, right? It's not really, and does it matter introverted, extroverted? doesn't really matter. What matters is how I adapt and how I support myself, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. So when you know, when you hear other people say, you know, like time blindness or RSD, the rejection sensitive oh dysphoria, gosh. 
I yes. mean, that makes sense of my whole entire life. Yes. I actually just did. I just uh, I just had an episode go live about RSD, RSD and it was it's just it's so. Oh, okay. It's not just that I'm so, and I am highly sensitive, but it's not that I'm so highly sensitive. There's a, there's another reason for it, right? Anyway, that's good. We're kind of, so I want to hear more about your fun household. And it sounds to me like, so we're, we're going to talk about creativity and ADHD today. And I, so having fun uh, to me, it, that that's creative. It seems like, I mean, it, I, I don't know. You tell me, tell me about your household. Yeah, it's funny. So I will say that um, my husband is probably the only not not creative ADHDer uh-huh. in the in the traditional sense. Right. He's he's very he can be you know very passionate about certain things. At the moment, he is obsessed with cars, right? And and that's just how it goes, right? Like we go through those moments, and and I think um, I heard. Uh, Katie Weber say maybe it was even on your podcast that you know she's like a serial trier of new things and that's I loved of, that what did she yeah. say I have I have, I'm a yeah I can't remember what it was something like a I like to look at my life now as like a tapestry of hobbies yeah. <laughs> or something like that like like I try this and oh that's really great and then I try this and I'm like oh that's really great without getting attached to the outcome I think that's the I think that was the point right I'm not getting attached yes. to the I bought all these supplies and I'm doing this hobby and now I'm on to the next thing oh not what's wrong with me but how great that I get to get completely dive into these things that are really exciting and interesting to me you know yeah it's so true and so when i was a teenager and and a a kid like you know pretty much until you know i in my early 20s i was very creative i was painting i was drawing and um just enjoying all of those things you know poetry i guess at times and and then that sort of fell away a bit just with early adulthood and being busy. And for me, I absolutely, I'd like the painting behind me, I painted just because I wanted something behind That's me. gorgeous. I've been <laughs> oh, noticing that. You. That's lovely. Thank you. And, and, and it felt so good to do that. That was like the only painting. So then I was like, you know, laying, I remember that the night I made it, I was like, that was so fun. I'm going to do it. I didn't sleep at all that, that night because I was so excited. I haven't painted since, of course, but right. I might, that was a few years ago, but um for me i love making videos it's mm. absolutely so fun and it's so funny because my my uh, editor just quit on me i was so sad i cried and and uh but it's been amazing to come back into that and i said you know to some of my friends i've got like a youtube mastermind and i said i i feel like it almost was like a door close and then in front of me is this amazing beautiful picture window that just opened and mm, and right? i get to have that creativity back and i didn't even yeah. recognize that i had kind of given it away a lot of it so that's fun mm-hmm. and you know one of my kids he's incredibly creative with lego when he was younger he first when he got diagnosed it was insane we could we barely he was the first of the children diagnosed and we finally it was like we got to know our kid because right. his emotions were finally sort of like regulated mm-hmm. all of a sudden he became wildly creative he would make these incredible things out of lego like he made a safe out of lego he made hmm. this really cool heart he's made clocks he like that work he made like a little gun that you could rack like he's made all of these things and 
he he built a guitar like he picked wow. up a guitar and within two months he was so good that the people at the store were like you're kidding this kid is is two months into this so our I th and and so that that's just the creative side. The other fun part is we just are a we just love to laugh and have fun. Mm -hmm. And we we laugh because like some of the movies we choose to watch are some of the worst rated <laughs> by Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and we're always like, but that's such a good movie. And it's just because we're so goofy and so silly. You know, right. I have made about 15 songs up about each cat, each three cats <laughs> and each child. So it's just a, it's, it's fun, but it right. wasn't always like that. You know, yeah. like we had to sort of like figure all of our own brains out and how to work together. And I think right. my diagnosis was the final puzzle piece. Mm. I love that you just said that Robin, because I think that that is happening for a lot of us, a lot of us mm. women with ADHD, moms especially, yes. that, oh, now that I know, I don't have to pretend to be like all of the other moms and do it the, the way that all of the other moms are doing it. It's kind of a, it's a freedom, right? <laughs> it's a puzzle piece and a freedom. It's like, oh, wow, great. Now this is how we're a family, right? It's not like that, like my picture of, of yes. a family, right? So um, you were talking about how your husband was the least, the least mm -hmm. creative person in your family. My, um, I had this realization not too long ago. I'm, I am creative. I went to art school. Um, I, I can, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not real. Like I'm not going to paint something like that, but I, but I do have a creative side to me. And I've already, I've always thought that I was a pretty creative person. And I always thought my husband is not creative at all. Right. There's nothing creative. He's the, he's the, uh, the function kind of, you know, like, like he likes to build things. So he's the function and, mm -hmm. and I'm the form, right? So he's the, he's the mechanics of things. And then I'm like, okay, let's make this aesthetic. Right. So yeah. I had this realization that he, ever since he was a kid, he liked to pull like, um, like, uh, stereos and lawnmowers and things out of people's trash piles when he was a kid mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. take them apart and fix them so that they would work. And I had this realization that, oh my God, that's his creativity. So it was a, it was a shift in my perspective of what creative is. And I think when we're talking about creativity and ADHD, it is, it's not, doesn't have to necessarily be the, the, um, the uh, visual or performing arts, right? It, it, it there's so many ways. I had a, um, a client one time tell me that she was creative at getting her kids to do things like, mm. you know, chores and things like that. I'm like, I love how it. beautiful that is that like, I don't yeah. have that creativity. No. <laughs> that's that's not kind of part of my creativity, like my, my creative yeah. mind. So let's talk uh, a little like bit that. about how, maybe why is the ADHD um, divergent brain so good at creativity? What what makes our brains creative? Well, it's funny because in a lot of cases, we have the convergent brain, which is like we converge uh different things like like uh say it's math 
math, you know, a lot of people would say, well, there's really no way to be creative with math. I think most ADHDers are like, well, actually, because so many of us have such funny ways that we do math. I know my way is just hilarious, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so convergent is, is really taking things that we already know and we're converging them together. <laughs> Divergent thinking is when we go, um, we're just sort of thinking out really outside of the box, different, uh, different ideas in general. And so there was a study done, I can't remember who it was, but they, they put a, an ADHD kid with all of these group of kids trying to solve a problem. And then they had groups of kids who didn't have an ADHD child with them. And the groups with the children who have ADHD actually had much more success hmm. and much more solutions than the children without. And there have been other times where people say like, okay, like draw, what would an, uh, what would alien fruit look like? And you know, a convergent thinker would picture like a pear with like one eye or something like that. Right. Meanwhile, a divergent thinker would think of something that's basically like fruit on a planet, a different planet might look, well, first of all, it might not look like an alien. It would be like, just like, maybe it's the shape of a cup, right? Like it's something completely different or, right, right. or it's like a mist or something. Like it really is that different, um, way of coming up with solutions that are so outside of the box mm -hmm. and i don't know if you know who alex hermosi is but he talks about like what what are the things you can do with a brick and some people are like well you could build a house you could uh, smash a window and yet you know like you could come up with maybe like 10 things right well it, divergent thinking is saying like oh well i could use it as a laptop stand mm -hmm. i could heat it up and cook my food with it or you know like all sorts of crazy things with it I could like break it into a million pieces and then make it into a, a tile or just like all sorts of crazy things it's, it's right. like that divergent thinking and so people with ADHD actually quite often are more likely to do that we mm -hmm. we um can look into the past for things that we've done or failures we've had and be like, actually, maybe I'm going to do this. Or um, we can just be very inventive in right. ways that a lot of times the neurotypical person isn't. And the neurotypical person quite often is playing by the rules that already exist. And the divergent ADHD -er is like, well, just bend those rules a little bit, which quite often a lot of us have done throughout our entire lives, whether right. or not we tried to. Well, and that I think, I don't know, but I would imagine that when we, I mean, we didn't just start having ADHD, right? We've had it for our whole entire lives. Yes. So we get used to the ad adaptations, right? Yes. Creatively coming up with ways to do math, to, yes. you know, to get yourself, I don't know, silly things like, um, when uh when my and this was this was when i had my kids but um but i kept for some reason i had my kids were 17 months apart and i thought that it would was a great idea to um to make baby food why yeah. i don't know i don't know why that 
why I thought that was a great idea, but I did. That's yeah. what I wanted, right? Yeah. And I kept burning pans. So the Teflon would burn and then we'd have to evacuate, like waking kids up from naps and, and <laughs> getting out of the house. And so now I set a timer for, um, for uh, as soon as I turn on the stove, yes. I set a timer for five minutes when I'm, when I'm boiling water, because I know, right? And I think that's a creative solution. And I wonder mm -hmm. if we spent our whole lives we have to use our brains to creatively come up with solutions to problem solve that is just kind of a natural thing. Like where we've worked that muscle, you know, I mean, the more we practice, the better we get with whatever it is. Absolutely. And that's why we are so valuable um, on, on teams at work or if we start our own business, we are absolutely vital to a lot of teams. Right. And we can um, just turn a concept into a process and certain systems, right? And I think it was Ned Hallowell who said, uh, creativity is impulsivity gone right. Ooh, I love that. I've never right? heard that. Right. Yeah. And and it's it's so true, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's just so much impulsivity with ADHD. And so often we have, well, first of all, we're trying to stifle that, which means we quite often are stifling our own creativity. And and I think right. like, you know, I would never go back to childhood, but and unfortunately, you know, there are just so many lessons we have to learn. And I'm yeah. grateful that my own kids have their diagnosis nice mm -hmm. and early and that they are growing up in a world that has come this far. Because, yes, there is some stigma, but there's no better time to have had ADHD. Let's be than sure. Right now, that. seriously. Yeah. Right? yeah. And it's probably it's obviously just going to get better because so many people are being diagnosed with it. And mm -hmm. it's just it's wonderful to to lean into that because we can say you know maybe adhd itself isn't a superpower but it comes with a lot of superpowers absolutely i'd love to you know i i hear people other um other experts in the in the adhd world and and or people talking about you know i would never call adhd a superpower i'm like but why wouldn't I want to find mm -hmm. the good stuff? Like I want to focus on, on the brilliance of my ADHD and not on the, the challenge. There are plenty of challenge. There are pl plenty of challenges just being a human, being a mother, you know, mm -hmm. and then at ADHD, there are plenty of challenges. I don't really want to focus on, on that. I want to focus on the solutions to the challenges and find those superpowers like that the creative you know um you were talking about inventors and creativity and, and inventing things mm -hmm. my mother is like she's she's always inventing things she's always like she she's she she's an out of the but she has adhd as well she's always thinking of ways that she can um solve little simple problems around the house really i'm not talking about like she's never doesn't have anything patented or anything like that but little things around the house that oh well this will this will work for the like you talked about the brick well this thing can you know this doesn't have to be work for be just for this they can be this can be used for this as well i think about my grandfather too like all of the little things and i know he you know lived through the depression and everything but but he still he was very creative with his with his um adaptations, things mm -hmm. in his environment to help, to help make his life easier, you know, and the, the creatively adapting 
to what we need and getting ourselves yeah. what we need. Absolutely. Actually, and you say that it's funny how like we're so close to someone we don't see these things in, but that is my husband, right? He was the kid that took everything apart, as was my dad. And my dad has passed away, but I think he probably has had ADHD. My mom has it. Uh, but yeah, he, it it is, it's that creative solution. Like if there is something wrong in the house, I'm like, husband, come and do it with this. And he, and he, he will figure that out. And so yeah. you're right. That is the other thing about us ADHDers is that we're, because of the impulsivity, we're also risk takers by nature, right? In a lot of ways. And I mean, yes, that can mean, you know, jumping off of high things and taking those big risks. But in other ways, we we're used to sort of like being the person who said the joke that did not land, right? Or, right. <laughs> you know, or, or like accidentally offending people or doing like crazy things in school. And, and so we're, we're, we develop, like you say, that muscle. And I mean, a lot of that does come with some RSD. Um, but at the same time, we are risk takers. And that's why some of us do so great at business because we'll be like, you know what, I'm going for it because we, um, and, and so often in life, we've had to pick ourselves up off the ground far more than the neurotypical person. So right. we're used to sort of being like, okay, it doesn't work. Maybe it stings, like maybe it stings real bad, but then we we're like, okay, on to the next thing. And that's another good thing. Like some people say, they, you can't hold a grudge when you have ADHD because you can't remember any of it. I think that, <laughs> right. hmm, that yeah. could be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you're saying this too, I'm thinking about, thankfully we know, you know, it would have been nice to know. It would have been, no, I knew 20 years ago. It yeah. would have been nice to have accepted it and embraced it. And, um, and, it, yeah. but I am where I am right now, but our kids, so mm -hmm. they can, now that they know they understand their brains, right? They understand what they need. They understand what kind of adaptations are available and that they can come up with solutions. Um, and they can creatively channel that impulsivity. So it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be the danger, you know, yes. it doesn't have to be, we, we can, they can channel the risk taking in a, in a different way. Does that make sense? Or is that, I've just pulled Absolutely. that out of the air. So I think that's really good. And, and, you know, like one of my kids in particular who comes to mind, he's, we were talking last night because I've been putting Vaseline on my skin at night and it's been wonderful for keeping the moisture in during the winter. And my husband's like, yeah, it actually does look really good. And I said, this tub we've had for like 20 years. And he's like, wow. And I said it, but I remember one time when one of our kids like got his little hand in it and got it all over his room and the carpet and his hair and his clothes and all of this. And I was like, oh, it was probably like our one kid. I said, and he's like, yeah, probably. Because anytime we knew it was like this one kid. Right. And yet he is the child with massive creativity. They all have potential, but his it's just with him. We're we're just like because they're all teenagers now mm -hmm. we're like what is he going to do he either has power for great great evil or great you know good <laughs> and Let's channel I, it channel yeah it. <laughs> and that's just it right like and so how do you do that how do you channel that and right. i think one of the best ways especially as like neurotypical adhd adults is to be a great example of right. a person who is using their creativity and their impulsivity, whatever, even like their distractiveness, like depending on the job that you choose, all of that is 
a wonderful way to parent as a person with ADHD, with children with ADHD, because I would say almost all of us uh, moms with ADHD, well, not almost all of us, but quite a few of us have kids with ADHD. All right. Many of us. Yes. <laughs> many, many, many. I don't know what the, I don't know what the statistics are, but it's, yeah. um, it's a lot. Okay. So do you have any thoughts on what we can do for ourselves? And like you were t- just talking about, about being an example for our kids mm-hmm. to kind of work that creativity muscle. Yeah. So I think that First of all, talking with your kids, especially with the age, you know, with, depending on their ages, but like discussing if you want to talk about like jobs and things like that, like boring, low stimulation jobs are not good. But if we show them like, oh, there's a lot of really great things out there, great jobs you can do where you can, your ADHD is an asset, mm, but right. to actually really lean into the creativity and show them how to use it and how you use it and how you use it, not as a neurotypical person would who who might be like, oh yeah, I like go quietly like in the corner and I paint or whatever, which, you know, I'm sure many ADHDers do as well. But right. it's like, no, like as a neurotypical person, I set aside time and space to do, to be creative. Right. So as a YouTube creator, I've actually, it's funny in the last week, I think it's like the editor quitting who I absolutely love, by the way, she's still a good dear friend, but I, I have made like four videos, made and edited four videos in a week, which is unheard of. Like for me, it was hard to do one. And, and, and so it's like that time and space and saying like, okay, like I actually am right now in a really creative space. And Mm. as women, uh, who cycles still being aware of where your cycle is with that. Absolutely. Right. And teaching that to your daughters. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. If I had only, I know I keep saying this. If I had only known when I was a teen, how I could use my cycle. Oh my gosh. How I could use my understanding of my energy, right? My capacity, yeah. For me, it's, it's, um, it's uh, the moon. Oh mm. my God. I mean, and I can, yeah. it's maybe oh, yeah. been about a decade where I'm, I've finally realized, no, you know, it was, lo- it was before that. Cause I was teaching that I realized that the full moon for like, I definitely feel, so I was feeling, oh, yeah. I was feeling the cycle and the moon and then the, the full moon, the new moon. But if I had, if I had known, and I'm so excited for my daughter. Mm-hmm. that she is, she is now, you know, I'm teaching her, I'm helping her. She's like, mom, I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, I yeah. know, but how great is this to know yourself? And then you can, then you know when, you know, then you don't have to feel like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I, why can't I do this thing? Why can't I paint right now? Right? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe it's because it's the, the your cycle or it's the moon cycle yeah. or it's whatever, just that self-awareness, you know? I love that you brought oh, that up. Yeah. It's so true. And, and like, for me, there are times where I am wildly creative and I have ideas just pouring through me. And, um, I did some ADHD training through ADCA and Barbara Luther talks about like this, the fish going down the stream. And it's like, you can see all these pretend there's like tons of fish, right? Like there maybe once were, and, and those are your ideas. You can't catch them all. Just grab one. Right. Right. And it's like, grab one idea. And so that's how I feel during certain times. But then other times I'm very industrious. There are days where I'm like, no, I am. This is a couch day, right? Right. 
And so, you know, creating that time and space, but also really, and, and I know this is so hard. Like, I, it's so funny. I have a friend and she was like, pulled out her journal to show me something. And it was like the last page in the journal. And I'm like, I've never, ever filled a <laughs> journal. I have many, but I've never filled one. Right. Many of them have about 10 pages filled out. But, um, and so it's like, paying attention to yourself and just trying to notice. So when you first wake up in the morning, quite often that's when we're the most creative because we're still sort of in that brain state. And for me, quite often I will wake up and that's when I will maybe write a video or Mm -hmm. or come up with jokes for a video or something like that. Um, and, And quiet. And a lot of people with ADHD, they hate quiet. And one of my sons, he, in the background, he likes to have a movie on. And so that's fine if you're that type of person, but put on a movie that you're very familiar with and that you can, um, you, you know, it backwards and forwards. So you don't need to, to actually like pay attention to it. That can be helpful. Um, and I am absolutely a huge, huge, huge fan of, uh, now, uh, meditation and breath work for creativity. Breath work is amazing for creativity. Incredible. And it's yeah. there all the time. I know. It's free. <laughs> and then we forget to use it sometimes. Yeah. I've, I've been on the yoga mat for 30 years. I've been doing yoga for 30 years. I've been doing medica- meditation, breath work. I'm a yoga a registered yoga teacher. I still forget to breathe. But yes. yeah, because you can you when you you can use it in different ways and you can really get yourself energized and you can you can you also can use it to um to kind of dive into that your intuition you know and really hear like what is it that wants to come through me right now right yeah well it's funny too because somebody once said where did i see this um you know if you're a spiritual person at all some people say or one person said um prayer is like you talking to god and meditation is god talking to you yes Yes. I was like, yeah. And breath work is like your your own brain talking to you. Like right. that is I where mean, you have huge creativity. And the the breath is I've I've um um I've come to understand it as the kind of intersection between the human part of you and the spiritual part of you. So it's the it's a beautiful yeah. place, you know? Oh, it's yeah. and even just to watch it, to watch the breath, we can watch it. It's voluntary, involuntary. Anyway, I can go on a whole I know. tangent on breath cuz it's fascinating. And there are I don't yeah. even know how many different kinds of breath work breathing exercises there are. But we can use it. Oh, you know what I've been doing um, lately, like the past maybe six months is the bee breath where you where you hum. So you take a take a short inhale through the nose and then you hum for like a long exhale. And it's it helps to stimulate the nervous system and the vagus nerve. It's like a it's kind of like exercising the vagus nerve. I love it. Oh my God. And I can like the, the way that it feels in my body, you know, how we're very with ADHD, we're sensual in as far as Mm -hmm. our senses, right? We're very sensual beings. So I love that bee breath because it just, it gets my whole body a buzz. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a really good way also of getting yourself out of sort of, if you're ever in that fight or flight, it's a good way of bringing yourself back. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. Robin, this has been a fantastic conversation. I was very excited to have this because I, I really, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this um, while we've been recording, but, um, but I was interviewed by Katie Weber, like you were on women in ADHD. And she asked me, she, as she asked all of her guests, what would you, what would you call ADHD? Cause it's obviously not named right. And I said, well, creative and a creative attentionality, of course. Right. Cause I mean, that's what, that's what it is. We creatively, you know, we creatively find ways to not burn the pots <laughs> in mm -hmm. creative, creatively find ways to use that brick, whatever it might be. So thank you so much for taking the time and for, for sharing your brilliance and your, your experiences with creativity. And can you, if there's one thing that our listeners can do like right now to kind of to to work that muscle that creativity muscle what what would that be uh i would honestly say this is what i do i go and i lie in my bed mm -hmm. and i just think mm -hmm. no agenda no pressure just lay there and just see what comes out and you'd mm -hmm. be surprised right brilliant i love that yeah just like free thought oh my mm -hmm. gosh and not not feeling like we're you know we have to guide it or anything yes, like that no distraction yeah, yeah. Right, right beautiful and how can our listeners find you because i know they're going to want to want to find you and now you talked about your youtube channel can you tell us a little bit about your youtube channel and then all the other ways that we can find you yes so i have uh I, I quickly diverted as an ADHD -er would. I tried a second YouTube channel, which I called Hocus Focus, but my main channel is Minimalist Home. Mm -hmm. And so that is where you can find me now is on my Minimalist Home channel. I may change it to Minimalist Home Hocus Focus or whatever. So if you're listening to this later, the name may change, but that is where I am. That is where you can find me. I've got links to my, um, all of my socials and of course my website but that's where you'll find me and making videos about you know creating an environment that supports you but also adhd and how to harness that and and it's all about having fun right beautiful love that i love that i love that and i i do think that sometimes with um those of us with adhd and i'm raising my hand because i tend to be on the serious side and actually one of my words for this year is playful. I am playful, like so perfect, playful. I will definitely check out your YouTube channel. And Robin, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming, sharing your brilliance and, and sharing your fun. You've got a great energy. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. I have really enjoyed this conversation. It was great to meet you too, Tracy. Yeah, you too. So definitely check out Robin. Um, reach out to her. Tell her that you heard her on the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast and just say hey. All right. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. Now, one thing I know for sure is that managing ADHD is not a one-stop shop. There are so many tips, tools, practices, treatment options, and lifestyle accommodations to consider. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and wonder where in the world to start. If you're nodding your head yes, then you'll want to check out the free ADHD supports guide. It's a super simple step-by-step -step guide that keeps your ADHD brain engaged because it's interesting, it's important, and sometimes even a little exciting. I invite you to consider yourself a detective as you discover the ideal combination of supports to help you remain calm, be more consistent, 
stay focused on what's important. Shift out of overwhelm and other big emotions more quickly. Make decisions more easily and develop more confidence, all while becoming more of the person you know yourself to be. Download the guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports or find the link in the show notes. I truly believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Goodbye for now.